Welcome to episode 44 of Comic Book Physics, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This month we're looking at the Richard Ryder Nova's Gravimetric Pulses. This is an ability he used by accident once in the run of his original series, which then started cropping up again more often when he joined the New Warriors and had subsequent solo series. So the way it's represented in the comics, it's some kind of energy blast, which could be red, orange, or yellow in color, based on how much power it's got behind it, and which is shown to be able to break bones and otherwise cause damage to structures, but is generally non-fatal and seems to have no heat or other energy coming out of it. So that's what it is in the comics. From a science perspective, we need to say, what is a gravimetric pulse? What can it do? And is it even really a thing? Well, gravimetric pulse is a combination of two words. The first word is gravimetric. That seems to be pretty straightforward. It's of or relating to gravity. So this part is as easy to understand as gravity itself. So maybe not very easy to understand. The second term is pulse. From a science perspective, a pulse is half a wave. So waves come in two varieties. You can have transverse waves and you can have longitudinal waves. Water waves are transverse waves, meaning that the wave part is perpendicular to the direction of travel. So when a water wave is moving across the surface of a body of water, the surface itself is waving up or down. When it waves up, we get a crest. When it goes down, we get a trough. But the wave part is going up and down, not along the direction of travel, which is perpendicular to that it's on the surface. Sound waves are longitudinal waves. So the wave part is in the same direction as the wave is traveling. Instead of crests and troughs, there are compressions and rarefactions. Transverse waves can be easily split in half to make a pulse. For example, tie a string to a doorknob and bring it up to make a crest, but only bring it down to the middle, don't bring it down to make a trough. With a longitudinal wave, it's tougher to do, because if you only have a compression or rarefaction, that means you're actually changing the entire length of the medium. You're either compressing one end and leaving it compressed, or you're pulling it back and leaving it uncompressed to make that rarefaction. So the question is, in science, can we make a gravimetric pulse? Do we have gravitational waves? What kind of waves are they? How much power do they carry? And so forth. Well, I've never seen the term gravimetric pulse in science textbooks. Even a Google search for it just keeps pointing back to Nova, especially the move that he has from Marvel vs. Capcom. But this combination of two words can actually make sense. Gravity does have waves, and gravitational waves are transverse waves. So in theory, it is possible to make pulses that have some amount of power and energy in them. Now, we think of gravity as being a very powerful force, because it's the one that holds solar systems and galaxies together. In fact, it's actually an extremely weak force, which is why we need something the size of a planet or moon or galaxy before we even begin to notice it. So the magnitude of a wave that would produce the results we're seeing in the comics is literally astronomical. So it couldn't have been used as often or as effectively as we see in these early New Warrior issues and in those early solo series without some kind of massive power source. And it's got to be an external power source because Richard Ryder is otherwise living a normal life. He just doesn't have access to anything with that much power. It's later established that every member of the Nova Corps somehow gets power fed into him or her or it by the Overmind that rules the Nova Corps. So all that matters is how much power they are transmitting to Richard. And they did establish in the comics that there were some physiological changes to Richard when he joined the Nova Corps just so he could store that power that's being sent to him. So without further clarification on how that works, we'll just set that aside and say, okay, it's possible. The only question is whether or not they're pumping in power in some sort of way that nobody else would recognize or identify. 
Instead, we can focus on whether or not gravimetric waves or gravimetric pulses would actually produce the effects we've seen. So what do gravitational waves do? Well, they actually cause ripples in the fabrics of space-time itself, which are extremely hard to detect. In 1994, construction began on LIGO, the Laser Interferometry Gravitational Observatory, which was designed specifically to detect gravitational waves. It took about eight years to complete construction, and it started collecting data on August 23, 2002. It had some upgrades along the way, and finally managed to detect its first gravitational wave on February 11, 2016. So that's 14 years of operation and a dedicated apparatus over 4 kilometers long that finally found the waves that it was designed to find. Now it's not that LIGO is not well made or that there's issues. The reason it took so long with an apparatus that large is that the gravitational waves really are that hard to detect because they have little or no interaction with the world around them. That said, the interactions they do have do take the form of distortions of space and time. So what would that do to living tissue? Well, the biggest risk to living tissues would be, or to anything, would be to brittle objects, using the scientific definition of brittle. Colloquially, brittle means fragile. In scientific terms, brittle means an object will break before it bends. But that doesn't mean it's easy to break. Diamonds are brittle in the scientific definition. You can't twist a diamond, you're just going to break it if you finally manage to, to change it at all. In contrast, a plastic material will be distorted before it breaks. Not all materials fall into one category or another either. Most people are familiar with silly putty. It's plastic where you rub it or mold it and work with it slowly, but if you try to make extremely rapid changes, it becomes brittle. So roll it on a tabletop, it's a plastic material. Hit it with a sledgehammer, and it's brittle enough that it's going to shatter. If the space between atoms is suddenly changed by a gravitational wave, the crystal structures in a brittle material would be more likely to break and cleave their bonds than to just distort and rework. So an extreme gravitational wave would break a person's bones, which are brittle, sooner than it damages the soft tissues, just because the soft tissues tend to be more plastic and flexible. Similarly, it would cause more damage to the infrastructure of a steel building than one with wooden infrastructure, like a house. More tolerant atoms could be agitated and glow with blackbody radiation, which could be one way that they produce the red, orange, or yellow glow. But if that was coming from blackbody radiation, like the elements on a stove, well, that glow would linger, and it doesn't. We also see no other effects of heat, so that can't be a blackbody radiation glow if it's going to work. Instead, whatever process is being used to produce these gravimetric waves or gravimetric pulses may be producing just normal light as a side effect, some sort of secondary creation, kind of like an incandescent light bulb produces heat when the goal is to produce light. If that's the case, it makes sense that we'd have these red, orange, and yellow light following the same path as the gravimetric pulse. They're produced at the same time and in the same direction, but they're actually a separate phenomenon from the pulse itself, which would explain why these pulses are visible and yet do not produce heat. So ultimately, in conclusion, if the Nova Corps really does feed Richard Ryder the appropriate amount of power through their remote connection, then the gravimetric pulses that we see from him are actually somewhat reasonable. They get a pass. Anyway, that's all we have to say about gravimetric pulses. Just a reminder, in December with episode 50, this series is going to be wrapping up, and we still have six months worth of content to fill, so please send in your suggestions to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. Rate this and any of the shows you listen to on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. It really does help the shows get noticed and grow an audience. And finally, thank you for listening.